Hello and welcome to the one 106 of a second photography podcast. In today's episode, I'm talking about repairs and breakages. So I want to start by just telling you something about when I fixed my own phone. In fact, when I've had my phone fixed. Now, I talk about this because I'm actually developing this idea with other channels and, and, and other things I do, not specifically this podcast nothing to do with photography but I am going to be doing sort of an episodic thing on fixing things yourself. So much tech today and so little of it is fixable yourself and I fixed my own phone. So I was immediately thinking about that and thinking about well what's the best way you know and and things like that. Do you get a pro to do it? Do you get um, your friend to do it? Do you fix it yourself? And and how this applies to cameras and photography. Well, it might be a long episode, so bear with me. So I dropped my iPhone and the screen broke and it wasn't really usable. So I had a premium iPhone at the time. This was iPhone 4S. So at the time, not everyone had an iPhone. It was quite a premium thing. And I dropped my iPhone and the screen cracked. So I looked at getting it repaired and a few people did it, you know, I, I, I'd i actually bought it secondhand, so I couldn't send it off to Apple. There wasn't an Apple shop local to me at the time. So I found someone who was local to me and they had a business and it was fixing phones and they came with quite good sort of reputation. So they sort of promised, oh, I'll, I'll come to you. I, I collect your phone. I fix it. I bring it back to you. I need it fits quite fast so I agreed with them you know what I'm out near you I, I'm out for the day near you I'll drop it off to you you fix it you get it back to me so I dropped it off bit of a hassle waited nothing chased it up then then their mum came over and gave me the phone back and said oh we can't fix it and I sort of said not not paying for this and it was all that the screen was half hanging out and actually actually it had been fixed I think the screen had been replaced but it, it, it was like it, it, the, the the screen had been replaced but it was such a sloppy job it hadn't been put back together properly so you know and, and, and things weren't in and there were gaps you know gaps where dust could get in and stuff so not really the iPhone experience in fact not any phone experience it was just badly done. So I said, I'm not paying for it, but thanks for having my phone back. Uh, thanks for getting my phone back. And and the mum sort of tried to defend her son. Thought, no, he said he could fix it. He's taken ages with it. It isn't done. I'm not paying. And that was the end of it. And I was never chased for payment because it wasn't fixed properly. You know, so that was that. So the next time it broke and it did break again, because again, Two weeks later, I dropped it again. I thought, I'm not going through that again. So I'll look on Amazon, I'll get the part myself, and I'll watch a few YouTube videos, and I'll work out how to fix it myself. Now, unbeknown to me, the iPhone 4S, I think is probably the most difficult iPhone to do a screen replacement on. So one Sunday when my parts arrived, I think my family were away, I had the whole day to myself. I started about 11 o'clock trying to fix my iPhone and I think by about six o'clock I'd fixed it so I'd replaced the screen but it took 
like most of the day I you know I think it took seven hours to do it was a ridiculous amount of time spent fixing this iPhone you know taking out all the little screws getting it unhinged taking bits out so to get to the screen you had to disassemble the whole phone then you swap the screen out then you had to reassemble the phone and of course when I reassembled the phone it didn't work so I had to do it again and I got it to work but then I'm thinking okay it might cost me £40 to have this done and I paid £10 for the part was I better off just paying £40 so guess what my battery needed replacing I needed another job later on that phone so you know it wasn't like two weeks time it was, it was some other time and I thought no no I'm not doing that again I'm not I'm not going with some newbie I'm not going and doing it myself so I sent it off to this company and it was back within like a couple of days and it was fantastic there was something called something like iPhone Doctor. They were amazing. Thoroughly recommend them if they still exist. I don't know. This was a long time ago. We're talking iPhone 4S. So that that was that. And I, I was quite happy. And then this iPhone was very unlucky. It needed something else done on it. So I went, I again, I had a look. And there was some chap who was sort of offering fixing services from um you know fixing services with local to me again he would come to the come to the door pick it up bring it back and he worked in a phone shop so i was fairly happy with him and he took it away and he brought it back said i can't fix it and it's been done terribly and it's all a mess in there he and he didn't charge me um and he said, oh, it's a mess and I've never seen anything like it. Well, it had been fixed by me, fixed by the cowboy, fixed by another company. So, yeah, probably parts were missing or something. Whose fault it was, I don't know. You know, we'll never know, will we? But yeah, so there was that. So uh, I didn't ever need any more fixes on that phone. But I bought an iPad mini and I bought it with a damaged screen and I went to someone else who again had started up they had started up they worked out of their own house you brought it to them and they did a phenomenal job a fantastic job but you know it cost me 80 pounds I think as well I went to um, a local phone shop you know you get those mobile phone shops they sell cases and battery chargers and everything else and they they did a good job and stuff and then I upgraded to the iPhone 6s again I bought it secondhand I upgraded to the iPhone 6s and I was always charging my battery so my the battery needed replacing I thought you know forget it so I'm not doing it myself yeah you know, I've done so I've gone through this so many times I know what's what and I went back to the guy who did my um, iPad mini and he changed it in five minutes and he just, you know, he took the battery off. I don't have to worry about disposing the battery. He changed it in five minutes. I watched him do it there and then pre-COVID times, of course. I was satisfied he'd done a good job. He was a nice bloke. By this time, he'd rented an office in an office complex. He was that busy fixing phones and tablets that he had his own sort of own sort of office that you could go to. So I, I was at work. I 
took my lunch and I, I drove to this office, found it, went upstairs, gave him the phone, he fixed it. It's like 20 quid. Fantastic value for money. It was all done. I wasn't spending ages doing it. Now, of course, the battery is different to the screen and stuff, but still, I, I didn't want to mess around with it. So that was that. And I'm sort of thinking about this from the point of view of other things, not photography related. But to me, you can do these things yourself when there's enough availability of spare parts when it's not too difficult or when you can get a guide online like I did. But you might do it wrong, it might not work, and it might take you forever. It really depends on what you're replacing and what the model is. And of course, with things like phones, they're glued in and things aren't really designed to be replaced. They're designed to be small and sleek. Not to mention, some are now waterproof. I don't know how battery replacements work when they're waterproof, but anyway, I divulge. Now, I've had two cameras damaged, broken, not working. So let's talk about those. So I have a 5D Classic, which I'm not using much at the moment because it doesn't do video. I'm not going out doing shoots. It's a tank of a camera. It's a great camera. And I had it on um, a black rapid strap, but I hadn't screwed it in properly. So it slung around my waist. It had spun around a few times and the tripod socket had come out and it fell on the floor. Oh no. no, there was no damage to my lens because the camera took the brunt of the damage. So the actual casing broke, it snapped. And I was, oh, oh no, that's, that's broken. I'm really unhappy with that. Oh no, what do I do? It's still usable, the camera worked. So I basically super glued it. I think later, when I was storing that camera, I stored it against like some silica, I, somehow some silica, those little silica packets got into it and sort of some slimy silica solution ended up going down it and I managed to wipe that off. So that's a tank of a camera. It still works and it was I could just super glue it. Now, of course, I can't replace it because it doesn't exist anymore. No one makes it. I suppose I could send it off, but you find with old cameras that you can't send them off because they're not supported. So I had a Leica um, that I bought. It was like the, the one that Panasonic also do. And I bought it off eBay and the idiot, this guy was such an idiot. He sent it to me in like just a cardboard box with, with no packaging. And it was, if you get the basic thing off Amazon, the basic packaging box was like an envelope and you, pull it down the back and it's perforated and it sort of folds out. He sent it to me and that was sellotape. So of course, by the time it got to me, it's broken and it didn't work. So in the end, we sort of negotiated on the price and I thought I'll get it fixed, but Leica didn't make the current chipset for it. So actually I couldn't get it replaced. So it came down to me sort of talking to um, a, a Leica repair and they said, well, we might be able to take it apart. It might just be a connection. You don't know. We could put that back together. But in terms of parts, we can't get them anymore. This camera isn't supported. And I sort of put it on the shelf and I thought about it and I never did anything with it. And I sold it and I sold it for about as much as I paid for it. So I didn't lose anything. It's a lovely camera. It had a really nice lens. I think it was six megapixels. I was so gutted that the moron I bought it off 
didn't bother packaging it properly. Um, and in some some regards, maybe I should have sent it back to him and got a full refund. And that would have taught him for being such an idiot and not packaging stuff properly. So anyway, the 5D, what I'm getting at is I couldn't necessarily send it off. Maybe I could, but it might not be supported. Had a Micro Four Thirds camera and Olympus EM10. And used to take that out on all the day trips with the family because I had um, a 12 to 40 lens with it. So I got, you know, it was a good lens, tough pro lens on, on that. And it just went everywhere with us, you know, always snapping family photos. Micro Four Thirds are good for family stuff. They're small, they're light, and the lenses are light as well. So you can take the equivalent of a 24 to 70 with you and it weighs not next to nothing. So the 12 to 40 was a 24 to 80 in Micro Four Third terms. So that's your sort of workhorse lens. But one day I picked it up and the shutter wouldn't fire. Not the shutter, the the blades that do the, oh, that cover the sensor and the mechanical shutter just wouldn't work. So I was a bit perplexed by this. I don't know what happened to it, but there's no way I could fix it. That was really, really complicated. There's no way I can fix it. So I checked when I bought it and lo and behold, I'm within the guarantee period. Fantastic. So I sent it off to Olympus and a couple of weeks later, it came back well packaged. Note to eBay man. Well, you know, superbly packaged and it worked. Fantastic. So that was working. I've subsequently sold the camera because um, I found I wasn't using that particular camera very much. So I sold it and and that's that so it was fixed and it was fixed under warranty so we've got two examples here and it goes back to the phone if it's too complicated i wouldn't even attempt to try it there's no way i could have fixed that em10 i didn't know what was wrong with it i didn't know how to fix it i could have looked online but i was in warranty so i might as well use the warranty so what should you do if you drop your camera you go out and you buy a nice canon eos r5 rp get a new nice shiny camera and you drop it well or or it just stops working because it might not be your fault you might have a faulty one and you might have the same with lenses thinking about it your lens might be slightly off well and it might be slightly off in terms of focusing or not every lens is the same you see so you might find that your lens has an imperfection send it back is what i would suggest anyway so what do you do if you're photography equipment is damaged well if you spent a lot of money on it you clearly want that rectified if you spent 40 quid on it that's more the sort of time you should be seeing can you fix it yourself or will super glue fix it like i did it's very likely that you can probably claim on your home insurance so it would be a one-off claim and again i'm not saying every policy will do this i'm not saying it's the right thing to do but you should probably if you've dropped your brand new Canon R5 mirrorless camera and it costs a thousand pounds and then you pick it up and it's not working, then you should probably see what you can get from your current home insurance policy. It might be it's not worth doing because the excess you would end up paying and the subsequent increases in your insurance the years after might not make it worth it. But you might have something in your insurance policy where you you picked accidental damage or you've got one-off items listed 
So it might already be on your home insurance and your home insurance might be able to cover it. I'm not saying they will. You can take out photography insurance and you can insure specific bits of gear. I don't know whether that's worth it. I don't know whether photography insurance is worth it. I've had it, nothing broke, I didn't get it again. And that was that. So there is that as well. But there is also the warranty. If it's not working and it's within warranty and it's new, then you can send it back and get it fixed, hopefully, or get something done. If you're buying used, you have a bit of a problem. And I have found when buying new stuff, and I do buy new stuff, that I tend to gravitate towards shops rather than stuff on eBay. eBay, as we've heard before, can have cowboys. It can have some amazing sellers, some very good sellers, and there's some really good camera sellers there on eBay. And there are some cowboys and there are some idiots, and I've dealt with both. So recently when I bought used gear, I bought it from Wex Photo Video. And they've got a 12-month guarantee on new stuff. Any camera and any lens can have an issue. You don't know until you use it. It's got to go through the delivery process. But if I buy from Wex, I know that if there is a problem or it's broken or it arrives broken, I've got a 12-month guarantee. And it might not and it might be you can't pick up the issue straight away. It might be a scratch on your lens that you only notice when you go out to do landscape photography and you shoot at a very high aperture or a very narrow aperture. So if you're buying used gear, I'd recommend you buy from a specific used trader who promises a guarantee. Now, I've never had to send anything back to Wex. I, it, it's all been fine, but I've got that peace of mind. So if I dropped my phone, would I fix it myself? The jury's out on that. I don't know. Would I replace my own battery? Mm, maybe. I've started sort of trying to prolong my batteries by if it's a phone or if it's something that doesn't have a battery that comes out. I use the lowest. I use the lowest watt charger I can. So, if it's a phone, I charge at one amp, which is five watts, rather than a quicker charger because I know it will damage the battery more over time. But if I'm charging a camera via USB, I'll charge at a higher wattage and a higher amperage because I can always change the battery. So I don't think it matters. But I'm being a little bit more careful about battery life and things like that. So would I, would I fix things? It depends how complex it is. It depends how easy it is to fix. It depends what the cost saving is. But I will say, Things are not easy to fix anymore. And I think things should be designed to be more fixable either by someone in a shop or by yourself at home. And Apple are the worst at this, gluing things. So once you open it, it doesn't work. I did fix my Chromebook. I love my Chromebook. I use it all the time. Uh, it's a bit of a, it was a premium Chromebook, but the um, screen wouldn't work and it's basically to do with the cabling the cabling's worn out but i managed to get it better and i managed to get it usable still have the problem but it meant i didn't have to throw it away because you know you're not going to replace your screen on a chromebook it's not really worth it but i managed to prolong using that i hate the idea of throwing away something that's perfectly good but also i'm not going to spend like most people i'm not going to spend more money fixing it 
than than it takes to buy a new one. It, it's, it's like when you replace your electric razor blade, it's really not much more money to buy a new electric razor, sadly. And that's ludicrous, but that's the world we live in, where due to the scale of production and the scale of the economics, more people are buying new razors, so they're, slight, they're cheaper in comparison to the replacement parts. But there we go. Anyway, I hope you found that useful. Listen to my experiences about fixing things. And no doubt you'll drop your phone. Everyone does. And yeah, it's really up to you how you fix it. And best of luck if you choose to fix it yourself. And if you do find a good fixer of phones and tablets, they're worth their weight in gold. Trust me. Anyway, thank you. Goodbye.